We hang out with a lot of veteran cruisers, people who know what they like about cruising and what to do on a ship to make sure they have a good time. Frequently, however, we meet people in other parts of our lives who haven't cruised, and often the reasons they give for not sailing are things that can easily be addressed. I'm Billy Hirsch. And I'm Rick Ross. We're addressing cruising concerns on this episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. There are two reasons more common than any others for why some people are reluctant to book their first cruise. The very first is that people think they'll get seasick, and it's an understandable concern. But the reality is that the overwhelming majority of people who take cruises, especially on modern ships, don't get seasick. And those who do experience some discomfort generally don't experience anything so bad that it keeps them from enjoying their cruise. But this is an important topic, so we brought in Cruise Habits resident pharmacist, Dr. Rick Ross. Applause, applause, applause. All around. Oh, thank you. Okay, so <laughs> for, for those of you who, who don't know, uh, when I'm not recording podcasts uh, out on cruise ships and writing articles, uh, my day job is I'm, I'm a community pharmacist. So uh, I can talk to you generally about medications that might help. Uh, I am a pharmacist. I am not your pharmacist. So if you do have questions, uh, please go ahead and direct them to whoever uh, dispenses your drugs or to your physician, nurse practitioner. So over-the-counter, uh, let's start with Dramamine. I think that's the one everybody's heard of. It's uh, pretty popular. One of the uh, side effects, though, is that can make you a little bit drowsy. So a newer drug is Meclizine. That's sold as Bonine or uh, Dramamine less drowsy. This is not one I recommend buying ahead of time because if you get on the ship and you do find out that you need it, you can always ask for it at the guest services counter or walk down to the health center. I think when I was on the Disney Dream with you, Billy, um, I was just, that's when I was in pharmacy school and I walked down and checked out the health center and they had a plastic box full of single dose uh, Meclizine there. So, yep. On, on some ships, even guest services. And it's funny yeah. because if you go to the gift shop, They'll have Dramamine and Meclizine there. Mm -hmm. They will also charge you like nine times as much as your local pharmacy. Right. Uh, even though, ask Medical Center, guest services, they'll take care of it uh, for, for you for free. It, yeah, it costs them almost nothing and uh, they want you to have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, so there are some other, um, not uh, over-the-counter, but herbal supplements. Uh, so some of these are ginger or green apples. Um, if you're having like a moment of kind of what you think might be motion sickness, ask for some candy ginger garnish and kind of nibble on that. That's got sugar that'll slutter your stomach and ginger that is uh, good for you too. Uh, the other one would be uh, what's known as a C-band. And this is an acupressure wristband. Uh, this is the one I do recommend if you think you want it, buy it ahead of time because they are extremely expensive on board. Um, hey, uh, Billy, where could somebody get a C-band? I'm so glad you asked. Shameless plug, you can actually get C-bands over at the Cruise Habit shop. There's links at cruisehabit.com. But uh, make sure you read the description because we put a, a coupon code right there for you. But seriously, I'll, I know a lot of people that swear by these. I, I, have, uh, I have a relative who gets motion sick in the car and actually wears these anytime uh, she's driving. So um, check it out. It's a good you know, non-medicinal non way. There's no, no side effects or anything like that. Um, so whether you buy them from Cruise Habit or not, uh, it is a good thing to have on hand if, if this is a concern of yours. Yeah, and again, so um, 
again, I am a pharmacist, but not your pharmacist. So please talk to your pharmacist. They'll know more about what medications you're on. Uh, and if you have any other questions, um, talk to your physician or your prescriber. There's one other that is the scopolamine patch. And you might have seen people with the uh, patch behind their ear. Uh, it's pretty simple, but it, that is something that requires a prescription. And, and I'll jump in as the not resident pharmac pharmacist and point out, uh, don't just go on the internet and search motion sick patch because there are all sorts of people selling just adhesive sticker things that go behind your ear that aren't actually medicine. And I don't know what they put on them. So uh, yeah, definitely talk to a medical professional before you go taking any medication. Here, here. <laughs> uh, so the other concern that we hear all the time is people think that they'll be bored. They'll think that there's not stuff to do on a ship or that it's... Um food and sun and that's it but billy that's not the case that is not the case in fact if you book a uh, transatlantic sailing at the edge of season you won't even see the sun um <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it's listen it's an understandable concern it's it's hard for me to imagine sometimes because i you know i've been cruising since i was a little kid so i've seen all the different options there are and i'm also in fairness the type of person that i don't need a lot to be entertained especially once i'm on a cruise mm. very peaceful i'm happy sitting staring at the ocean but that's not everyone uh, and, and I get that. So the first the, and most important part to, to making sure that you're not bored is take the right kind of cruise for you. There are, there are a lot of different types of cruises, a lot of different cruise lines, um, and they're not all the same. Uh, when I hear people say that cruising is X, Y, Z, you know, or, well, I don't like cruises. I think, geez, restaurants, hotels, they're not all the same. W would, would someone say, well, I, I don't like restaurants. Like, no, that's that's a big category to dismiss, right? Because there are so many different experiences and cruising is uh, is really the same way. So you have to ask yourself, what do you want to get out of your, your cruise vacation? If you're looking for, you know, almost no other people and for uh, silence and for a butler, that is a different kind of cruise than, you know, when you see... <laughs> Um, ads for Royal Caribbean and CL Carnival, the, these lines that their emphasis is on having a, an action-packed vacation. And of course, there's a lot of there's a lot of room in between uh, those extremes as well. Um, those lines, the contemporary lines, like I mentioned, like Carnival, NCL, Royal Caribbean, um, they they tend to be especially good for families. Doesn't mean that if you don't have kids, you're not going to enjoy these lines. Uh, Rick nor I have uh, have kids, and, yep. and we enjoy these lines. Oh, a lot. Um, yep. You know, they they tend to offer the widest range of high energy activities, as I often say. But uh, again, there there are middle grounds, and even some of the the premium lines out there, um, you know, celebrity, uh, princess stuff like that. They they're not inherently bad for families. They have kids programs that offer all sorts of things, and some of the activities. It's it's easy for us to say, oh, don't worry, there's lots to do. But let's let's talk about briefly some of those activities. So, kids, for example, kids have two different kind of types of activities um, with a, a massive variety on a lot of these ships, and there are organized activities. Um, you know, where it could be um, spaces, private spaces where they're they're playing games or having contests, scavenger hunts, things like that. And then there are activities with less organization, uh, rooms with video games or, or puzzles or w watching films. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't have kids, as I mentioned. It's hard for me to, to speak to this. But what I can say is I cruised a lot as a kid, never bored. And I was uh, I was as needy as, uh, as most children, I'm sure. Probably more. Um, <laughs> and then for adults, 
in addition to a lot of those similar activities that adults can enjoy because, hey, there are plenty of adults that, that want to go and play games and participate in organized activities and things like that as well. There are also, depending on the cruise line, there are lectures, uh, shows, you know, ranging from uh, smaller musical acts to big production shows, contests, um, gambling uh, for, for those who, uh, unlike me, haven't found enough ways to throw away their money. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, so adults and kids across a wide variety of lines, there are plenty of options. And, you know, it, you should feel okay about choosing uh, the cruise that's right for you, even if it's not one that you've seen advertisements of. The, the big three contemporary lines are where we see most of the ads. And it makes sense because most people that are looking to take cruise, most people that are, uh, that are encouraged to take cruise right now are our folks with families. And those big lines, yeah, they arguably do the best job of that. Um, but there are plenty of really great lines out there. And just because you haven't seen a contest, just because it isn't the biggest ship in the world, whatever the case may be, um, doesn't mean there's not a great experience to be had there. Uh, I think a wise man, a wise, a wise pharmacist once said to me, there's no wrong way to cruise. And I think that's true. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's just what's best for you for that particular cruise. I've yet to meet someone who said, not doing that again, bored the whole time. So just some things to keep in mind there. And then we've said the statistic a couple of times, but that nine out of every 10 people who cruise go on to cruise again. So clearly there's these, uh, Things are reasonable to ask about, but they don't turn out to be an overwhelming problem. And they turn out to be really no problem at all. You've got remedies for seasickness, plenty of stuff to do on a ship. Uh, one of the other questions that we get and kind of uh, some other concerns that people express are, is it just going to be old people? Well, Billy, you've got some demographics there that you know of. Yeah. So according to CLIA, uh, Cruise Line Industry um, Association, uh, Cruise Line International Association, excuse me, it's a big organization that uh, they they do a lot of the research for cruise lines, for travel agents, and and they're they're a great presence in the cruise world. In North America, the average cruiser is actually in their forties, um, and that's when you consider all of the different lines. And there are plenty of lines that. Yeah, certainly cater to to retired persons. Um, and remember too, even if, if you decide you really like what one of those lines, you know, maybe you're thinking, oh, Holland America, that sounds my speed. But I hear it's all older folks. Well, who who cares? I've I've sailed with people that younger than me, older than me, by by a lot, and had a great time. But uh, yeah, so average is in the for, in uh, average cruisers in their forties in North America, but it really runs the uh, the gamut. And varies a lot by itinerary, cruise line, things like that. I always remind people itineraries that can have a huge effect on demographics. Um, you know, a a twelve night cruise in the Baltic. Uh, that's a very different subset of people that have time and uh, funds to cruise compared to like a three night in the Caribbean. Yeah, that's the great counterexample. Is the the three night in the Caribbean is kind of the one that you is going to be a lot of families because they can go on the weekend. Kids are out of school. And you mentioned time of year. I mean, some of my favorite times to cruise are right when the kids go back into school mm -hmm. uh, because that's when it gets cheap because the families aren't, families aren't available to schedule a cruise. Cruise prices go down and it's, it's a crowd I like to be around. Another question we get is uh, about norovirus. People think that they're going to be exposed to something on the ship or that maybe they even go so far as to say a cruise ship is a dirty place. And man, could that never could that not be further from the truth? Uh, I've never seen so much cleaning go on as on a cruise ship. I have a special pair of shoes that I wear when I go on a cruise because 
the floors are so clean. I don't want to get them dirty from the shoes <laughs> that I am bringing on from out from off from off of the cruise ship. So I have my special cruise shoes that are spotless. Um, but you've got some. You've written an article about this for uh, the cruisehabit.com blog. Um, tell us about what you found for norovirus. Yeah, so you can find. We'll put this in the show notes. But uh, if you go to cruisehabit.com/noro, uh, you can find it as well. I took a bunch of CDC data. So Centers for Disease Control, obviously, they're that they're in the business of keeping track of these things. And it's an understandable thing to keep track of because the logic behind thinking that a cruise ship is a dirty place is is sound logic. You have a large number of people in a confined space. Yep. It, I get it, right? However, cruise lines, especially those participating in the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program, which is really any cruise line sailing out of uh, North America and, and others as well, <clears throat> they uh, they go so above and beyond scrubbing things and just all sorts of things that you'd never even think of in terms of where there are salt and pepper shakers and how they position sinks in different venues, all, all these different things to, uh, to make this a non-issue. That, when we took that data from the CDC, we found out that you're actually 35 times more likely to get norovirus on land than on a cruise ship participating in the CDC's vessel sanitation program. That is, that's a crazy stat. I, I had to send my math and all that data around to several people, including Rick, to make sure that I wasn't misunderstanding <laughs> that. Because uh, that's incredible. So uh, don't let that be a concern. People get sick everywhere, um, you know, but norovirus is not a cruise ship disease, for one. It's actually the most common, most common stomach illness in the world. Um, at any given point, there are millions of people that have norovirus. And the overall majority of those folks aren't on a cruise ship. So. Well, to that point, when there is norovirus on a cruise ship, it didn't come from the cruise ship. It came right. from a passenger <laughs> who brought it on and then touched something, and then you touched that something, and then somehow touched your face. So one of the key things to do when you're on a cruise ship is wash your hands. If you've ever been on a Royal Caribbean, you you know the jingle. I'm not going to sing it, but you can <laughs> Thank find you. you can, yeah, I love it. I, I, I sung it in class all the time. Um, but really, wash your hands. Pay attention to your own hand hygiene. That way, if you have happened to touch something that it has something on it, norovirus or any other thing, a flu virus, a cold virus, uh, you've washed your hands and you're protecting yourself. I, I would say that that's good advice. Land and sea, vacation or work uh, all the time. Um, I worked in healthcare. Rick uh, is a pharmacist. And I think we would probably both give the same answer. Land or sea, any country, any time of year, if somebody said, what's the number one thing I can do to make sure I stay healthy? Wash, Wash your, your hands. hands. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the another thing that we get asked about, uh, because we live in Florida and a lot of cruise ships leave out of Florida, is the threat of a hurricane. It, they're out there in the Atlantic and they are unpredictable. So people want to know, well, what is going to happen if I'm on a cruise ship and a hurricane comes? Well, uh, I'll say we have an article about that too. And when there are hurricanes in the Atlantic and in the Gulf, we track those. And Billy will let you know if there have been itinerary changes. But one of the things that's important to know about being on a cruise ship when you're out in the Atlantic and there's a hurricane is the ship can move. So wherever the hurricane is, the ship can make sure it is not there. Uh, my city does not have that option. But the cruise ship I'm on does. And uh, Billy, you've seen where the cruise industry, when they, we had a hurricane heading to Florida, they kind of uh, leveraged the portability of the ship. Uh, yeah, I mean... The <laughs> 
you'll see itineraries adjusted sometimes, whether it's uh, from the embarkation port or from ports of call, but they'll want to move the ship and the people out of the path of the hurricane. Cruise lines have no interest in sending <laughs> a ship into a storm. Also, keep in mind, ships handle so much more than you will ever find on YouTube. Uh, it may look scary sometimes, but uh, you know, 99% of the time, they're staying far away from even stuff that looks scary. Uh, as Rick said, uh, cruise ships can go around storms, and really where, where both Rick and I live, uh, we can't. So you know what my biggest concern is with cruising during hurricane season? I'm scared that a storm's going to come and hit my house while I'm on the ship. Uh, and, you know, yeah, that's a very Florida problem. It's not a, not a bad problem to have, you know, and the, <laughs> living in Florida isn't a terrible thing. No. Uh, but, uh, but it's very true. In fact, uh, Rick and I will both be cruising in the next couple days uh, on separate cruises because we don't want to be around each other that much. Not too much. And, uh, and yet one of my concerns is there's a depression out there right now that if it turns into something could be heading towards where I live. I'm not worried about being on the ship. I'm worried about what's going to happen to my house. So, uh, you know, the, the, these cruise ships, not only do they have really advanced equipment to stabilize the ship, they, they have weather, uh, they have meteor meteorologists working for the cruise lines. The, the navigational officers are extremely familiar with various types of weather phenomena. They're in touch via satellite, via radio. They have all the best information possible, and there are plans. There are absolutely plans in place. So that uh, I get why people are concerned there, but it's it's really not something to worry about, except with your pre or post cruise plans. What do I mean by that? Well. If you're going to fly into the port the same day as your cruise or even just one day before and a hurricane comes, what happens if your flight isn't able to make it in? Um, that's a whole that's a whole different thing for, for another podcast at some point when we talk about insurance. Um, but we've got articles about cruise insurance also over on cruisehabit.com. So uh, just you know, think about how you're getting to and from and whether that could be impacted by a storm, but your, your cruise will be fine. And if you've heard all this and you still think, well, I'm, I'm really not convinced, I'm not sure a cruise ship is the safest place to be in a storm, well, you know who thinks that they are? Cruise lines. Because when we had a hurricane heading towards Florida, the cruise lines put their headquarters onto the cruise ship and then set out to sea. That so is that, true. So that they would not be uh, in the path of the, uh, the potential path of the hurricane. Yeah. In fact, uh, that expression, uh, any, uh, any port in a storm, is a cute expression. However, it's not really accurate at all. <laughs> you you want to you wanna just not be where the storm is, and import is actually not a good place for a ship in that way. No, no. So, so the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to introduce the next topic because I think you've got more to say about it than I do. Uh, yeah, and Matt would say that I have so much to say about kale. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> well, I'm a guy who eats pretty much anything so i can walk into a restaurant and there's something on the menu that i'm gonna find that i'm willing to eat um but some not everybody is like that some people have uh restricted diets for any number of reasons uh include up to and including personal choice so billy how do you take care of that when you're on a cruise ship so whether the concern is uh food allergies or um, celiac disease or being uh being vegetarian vegan or keeping kosher know that you you are not alone. There are many people with dietary restrictions and cruise lines want to make sure that everyone is one safe and two fed because fed people are happy people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, the we've got uh, another article over on cruisehabit.com all about dietary restrictions and how to kind of uh, 
make sure that you get the best experience possible. But I'll tell you, a lot of the tips that we have are really just things to, to go that extra mile. For the most part, you're going to find that cruise lines will just by asking, bend over backwards to make sure you have what you need. And the most important thing with any dietary restriction, whether it's a preference or, or a medical thing, is ask talk to people. And if you're not getting the answer that you think is right or that you want, talk to somebody else. It's okay. Um, I, you know, I've traveled on multiple cruise lines with vegans who can be some of the most uh, really, you know, difficult people in terms of making sure that they have a variety of things to eat because no one wants to eat uh, just a salad every day. Right. Um, and, you know, you communicate, get creative, suggest foods that you like. If they don't have something on the menu, um, you know, it, that that's just, man, I, there are times that I've stepped on a scale after being on a cruise that I've wished it was harder to eat well with dietary restrictions on a cruise. Hasn't been a problem for me. Trust the numbers. Well, if you've ever watched a, like a television special where they show the loading up of the ship or the unloading of the ship, uh, or the lo- yeah, the loading of the ship right before it's going to go out, um, you'll see they pretty much have a farmer's market loaded into the ship. There are choices. There are options. Plenty of vegetables. Plenty of non-meat proteins. It, by asking, I think, as yeah. you said, and, that's and, the way you know, to get get, it. Make sure your reservation is annotated. It's a great reason to use a good travel agent, mm. and you can you can take it even further and talk about what you would like to eat the next day. And and generally, you can have you know within reason whatever you want prepared for you uh, or whatever you need prepared for you because they they've got any ingredient within reason that that uh, any place on land is going to have so uh, mm-hmm. don't don't let that concern you uh, the next uh, next item up is one that uh, i've i've heard people ask and uh, golly we're, we're not always good about doing the right thing but usually in when it comes to safety when something bad happens we make we make things safe again so uh so people frequently ask are there enough lifeboats and there are more than enough uh, lifeboats, far more than enough lifeboats. There are required to be more than enough lifeboats, not just for guests, but as as we're we're drawing up some notes before the show, as Rick pointed out, also uh, the crew. Yeah, that's good. They probably they probably <laughs> they, like that. They'd like to be saved, also. <laughs> so uh, the, you can you can go to cruisehab.com. We have a number of articles about safety, and one of them actually uh, I link out to an article over on Royal Caribbean blog. Um, people especially wonder about this type of thing with massive ships like the Oasis class ships. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Matt over at Royal Caribbean blog has an article just about the Oasis class lifeboats because they're massive. They're made to be more stable. They can deploy even faster. They can load faster. They can carry more people. They have more provisions. Um, so yeah, uh, that is why we've talked about muster drill um, and things like that before their safety drills, both that guests do, but also that just crewed, uh, the crew takes part in. Sometimes you're completely unaware. They're going through firefighting drills, other things like that. Sometimes you see them on port days and it's, it's nonstop, uh, preparing for, uh, for anything that could possibly go wrong. So that, uh, I think that, Oh, I was going to say about the lifeboats. I think the, the genesis of that question is people look at the number of boats attached to the hull of the ship and Ah. say, okay, but that couldn't fit everybody who's on the ship. And that's true. There are, if you look around, there are usually like huge white PVC canisters, like big, larger than a 50 gallon oil drum. And those contain inflatable life vessels. Yep, and they actually, they're made to, uh, if they're not manually deployed, they're made to deploy on their own. Um, they uh, they have motors, they have provisions, all sorts of things. And those are primarily for crew, so don't worry, you get the, you get the comfier 
uh, accommodations. <laughs> and there are often lifeboats, even rigid ones, that you don't see just because of where you're walking on the ship. You're just you're never going to see it. Especially some modern ships like on the seaside, you don't see any, any lifeboats. Interesting design. Hmm. Uh, just while you're on the ship, you can obviously while you're uh, while you're in port. Uh, then they're they're bright orange. They're pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, as we draw to a close here, I think we've got a couple of people who have left reviews for us on, on iTunes. So we'd like to thank Cindy's List and MCampo16 for their reviews. We're, we're glad that you like the podcast and what you're hearing. Now, however you're listening to our podcast, do us a favor and search Cruise Habit in iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. That seems to be the biggest venue and where we get the biggest bang for the, the review buck. Uh, if you have questions for us, please go ahead and email those to podcast at cruisehabit.com, and we'll see if we can get to it on a future episode. We'd like to do some kind of like listener questions episode in the future, so please, uh, any cruise question you've got. That'd be fantastic. We appreciate you listening. We hope you, uh, we hope you subscribe. We hope you tune in. We hope you check out the show notes for links to more information on some of the topics we discussed, and uh, we look forward to talking ship with you real soon. Take care. Ahoy, mates. This is Nick Vitani, a cruiseaholic from Orlando, Florida, and I love talking ship with CruiseHabit.com. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, they do weekly podcasts, so make sure you check them out on iTunes and Google Play. Finally, they do live broadcasts on Periscope, so search for CruiseHabit.com on the Periscope app. That's CruiseHabit.com, where they love to talk ship.